Hello, amazing parents. You've tuned into the Parenting Podcast with your host, Cheryl Lang. Today, we're handling a universal real-life challenge in parenting, exploring the many facets of baby sleep, (laughs) or not. Now, whether or not this is your first baby, when your sleeping plan didn't work perfectly, have you ever felt like you were messing it all up? Or have you been so frustrated because this baby is not sleeping like her brother did? (laughs) The problem is baby sleep can be a little tricky back and forth, shaped by your parenting style, circumstances, and even your baby's personality or current needs. In this episode, we're breaking down the pros and cons of different sleep approaches and offering general principles to guide you. From regimented schedules to co-sleeping, we'll cover it all. Stay with us as we journey through the different parenting philosophy, lend ideas, and help you evaluate a balance between rest for your little one and some much-needed shut-eye for yourself. So... Are you ready to crack the baby sleep code together? We're not going to talk about one particular question that I got from an individual parent today. Okay. In fact, what we're going to address when you Google top questions asked by parents across the internet. Mm-hmm. This is in the top three. Yeah. Okay. How do I get my baby or infant to sleep? How to sleep. sleep. (laughs) Sleep question. Everybody's money piece right there is sleep. Regardless of your age. (laughs) All ages. It's important. Yeah, that's true. We adults, remember, we were earlier talking about trying to get to sleep and Uh staying asleep. Well, the problem with sleep is if you don't have it, not only do you have a bad night, but then you have a bad day. Right. And And so do those around you. Yes, yes. (laughs) It is a struggle. And you don't know what you have till it's gone. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my kids tell me to go take a nap. Uh-huh. And they we weren't being disrespectful. They were like, Mom, I think you need a nap. Like, right. And they were right. I yes. needed a nap. Yes. One of the things, uh, you have to be really careful because when you have grandchildren and you talk to them about just blah, 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 they always take it back to mom and dad. <laughs> so I'm always going to think, wait, what context I want this said? Because something we began saying, and this is, not the tiny ones. This is when children are older. And they would say, but mom, I'm not sleepy. Right. And so we would say, well, you don't have to go to sleep, but you have to be quiet and you can't move. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, if I do that, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I say that to my grandchildren when they're visiting. Mm-hmm. And so I found out, oh, they take that home. Gaia says we don't have to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> so I think I need to explain a little bit of that. Yeah, context. <laughs> All right. So, what would y'all say? How about your experiences? Okay. Did you have great one one method that worked with your family? Did it work? Like being a new mom, what did you do with your babies? It's everything. Young moms are tired, yes. right, because of what they've been through right. and the family. And then as you have yeah. more children, mm-hmm. you, do, you can't go take all the naps. Right. right. And so I really do want us to look at this. Uh, what were your experiences? Well, 
so I was given early on some advice in the form of a book of really strict sleep training for babies. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this is great. And I followed it. This is the answer. And it worked. And then I had another baby and it worked again. So I really thought I had the sleep Mm -hmm. thing all figured out. out, Yeah. And then I had a friend who had her first baby when I had my second baby. And I just kept telling her, well, you just need to do the five steps in this book like I do and (laughs) you will have a sleeping child. And then I got my third baby. And that was a different story. And I actually had to call that friend and apologize for being, I I wasn't ugly to her. I just was prideful and thinking I was doing all the right things. I cracked the code. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But this third baby taught me I had not because she was more challenging. She slept when she wanted to. And that wasn't as often as the first two. So, yeah, sleep is individual. It sure is. Ellen, what about you? I know my first experience with my oldest child was really horrible about the sleep thing. He had colic, which back in those days, they didn't really do very much other than tell you you, he has colic, Mm -hmm. which means his tummy always hurt. And so he cried a lot. And my husband was gone a lot. I mean, for days on end. Because of military. Yeah, he was in the military Mm -hmm. and he was out in the missile field. There's no phones out there. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't live close to family. So I was kind of sort of Mm -hmm. had to figure it out on my own. And um, I just, you know, we bought in those days, it was called a snuggly. It was the beginning of the front packs. Mm -hmm. Uh And these were handmade. I mean, it was really cool. But basically, he lived in a snuggly for the first year. Of his life, so to get him to go to sleep. So since then, I've had neck surgery. Wow. But that's, wow. A, that, that's a side note, but no bitterness intended. But he just had to have that. Yes, he yeah. did. He didn't, he had to kind of be upright yeah. because of his tummy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't fully understand the doctors that kind of, now I guess they can offer some medication that can help yeah. them with their tummies, but they didn't back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, so to me, that was really hard because I was a new mom. My husband was gone a lot and I was tired. So I just walked around with this growing baby mm-hmm. a lot in the snug because when I went to put him down, that woke him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, so uh, with your first baby, kind of like my friend I was talking about, you probably felt like I'm doing everything yeah, wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. What's wrong with Yes, me? absolutely. And that is the thing. Mm-hmm. Moms, you're not doing something wrong. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is individual. It's style. I want us in a few weeks, I want us to talk about parenting styles Mm -hmm. because the different philosophies um, play into this, the health of your children, your circumstances, and just laid-back babies. You must Mm -hmm. have had laid-back babies. Yeah, they were just rhythmic and and just followed Mm -hmm. a schedule. All all of my kids eventually, except for the one, (laughs) liked to sleep and and were just kind of on their own little Mm -hmm. schedules, but... Yeah, one out of four gunkle girls do not like nah. sleeping. Mine's, well, mine slept <laughs> yeah. through the night by 10 o'clock. I mean, by 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. By 10 years old. Yeah. But I, I, would, I had the same struggle. I knew nothing. And we went back to university town because Bill's getting his master's. And I had no one speaking into it. I didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. I can remember saying, Bill, do I put her to bed at is the proper time? 7, 7.15, 8.15? Yeah. So what is that perfect mm-hmm. time that yeah. my baby needs? We didn't know. Right. But he said, sweetheart, why don't you just choose something and then just do that regularly? Mm-hmm. But so she trained me very well, <laughs> okay, because I didn't have the book. And 
my predisposition would be that's too harsh. I was going to say, you don't want the book. (laughs) (laughs) I would not have leaned toward very regimented schedule. But I didn't know what to do. And so I thought if I let her cry, I was being negligent. Mm. Yeah. And she would grow up with this terrible thing deep in her heart that her mother didn't love her. So I thought going to sleep was make it or break it for her peace and her future, her future mental health and yes. well-being. Yes. I just didn't know. I had right. no balance. So if she went beep, you ran, I picked yeah. her up. Okay. Of course, that trained both of us really, uh-huh. really well. Uh-huh. And uh, I've actually found out looking when I was trying to go, okay, what are the different methods that different people have? And one's something called a graduated chair method. And that's a little bit of what I finally ended up doing with her, that I cannot stay in here until she falls asleep. Mm-hmm. She, my children would never put them down fall asleep right. like your kids. Mm-hmm. And so I would pat her on the back and then move a little bit away and move a little bit away. Oh, they know when you walk out the door. Oh, uh-huh. They have like a radar. Yeah, I used to say my kids could smell me. <laughs> yes. I think that's true. Which I think is true, I yeah. Or you just have your one finger on their back yes. and the moment you pick yes. up that one finger. They know. So I would not necessarily recommend this because it wasn't balanced. It interfered. If Bill hadn't been in school, because he was studying, working, right. or going to school, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have had any normal life outside yeah. of trying to get that baby to bed every night. Yeah. So for me, I knew that wasn't. I knew that wasn't balanced. And I began to learn, and so then my second child was a little easier. He went to sleep a little better, and so I began shaping what. You talked about you were forced with your third one. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized I need to listen to his rhythms and then kind of shape his mm-hmm. sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I think I came on a much more balanced thing by my second child. Well, and balanced is the perfect word because yeah. it, I, I this might be a bold statement, but I don't know that there's any philosophy in parenting on any topic that is follow it to the T and it's always right, right for yeah. every kid. I, I just right. haven't come across one yet. And so I think pulling from different thoughts and yeah. philosophies and ideas and balancing all of that is balancing it for that particular child, whatever their needs are. Because you kind of said it, you think you got it down. Uh-huh. And then the <laughs> next kid comes along. Yeah. Because I remember um, with with my first two, the people in our lives were old enough to be our parents that were mm-hmm. our mentors mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of give yeah. us. So they had really old school advice, mm-hmm. like lay them in bed and let them cry, wow. which was horrible. Yeah. I can remember jumping in the shower so I didn't have to listen to mm-hmm. a baby cry. And then I couldn't take it anymore and I had to mm-hmm. go get it. For me, that never worked. I'm not talking about the little, eh, right. settle down crying. I'm talking about now we're hysterical yeah, because every mom, mom knows the shift yes. from fussing to yes. yeah, losing it. Well, and so let's look at different approaches and let's talk about the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Because like some of those books, I, the books that came out later, and it made me the one you read, it was very clear. You put them down at this time, and you do not pick them mm-hmm. up again. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it was very regimented. It was uh, definitely a schedule superimposed on the child, right. regardless of their right. individual needs or their right. size yeah, or just right. the entire situation. 
So there are pros and cons. The pro of that is it's very convenient and it works well. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my daughters when they babysat, they named the name of the book and they go, we love to babysit for those children because you take a man at 702 and you put them down and they don't make a peek mm -hmm. the rest of the night. Mm -hmm. There's, it's, it worked well to be efficient yeah. And it produces oh. very good looking kids that make yeah. you feel really good about yeah. yourself. And but I will say, too, maybe I'm painting the picture a little more perfect than it was because there were times that I would break the rules, quote unquote, uh -huh. of the book. And what that left me feeling was a bunch of shame that I was oh. doing it wrong. And so I just go back to, you know, any one method. You don't have to hold fast to the whole thing that you're being sold because I know now I was doing what was right for my child in that moment. I, I, I knew you mean when you picked them up. Yeah. And so yes. the book would have been much stricter right. on, you know, the when to go in and when to help them and when to pat on them and all of that. But it to me, it was it was making me feel shame every time I quote unquote, wow. broke the rule. So you're saying really no legalism right. when it comes to sleeping right. because yes. things vary. Right. How your child How feels that, that day. How if my baby, right. if I had broccoli and my baby's breast milk made them yes. gassy. You know, they don't know exactly. that. So why would I apply that to so every these single are, day of their life? These are general principles, general ideas to help each family mm -hmm. figure out how to get their child to sleep and what might work in the early years. It's a little different when they get older. Right. You know, because they change. Mm -hmm. I I think for my for my family, we just used whatever worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we lived a life where we moved every three years. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes my husband wasn't home for weeks at a time. And so I just had to figure out what worked. And usually if it was too structured, because in the end it, it falls on whoever's trying to put the child to bed falls on your shoulders yeah. as to what's going to happen. And I can just remember many times just kind of crying because I was so tired mm -hmm. and my baby did not want to go to sleep or my little one didn't want to go to sleep and just really, really frustrated. And um, at the same time, I never appreciated people that had their little kids at, you know, 10 o'clock at night running around the house, yeah. their little toddlers because mm -hmm. they're exhausted. And because uh, the parents didn't believe in a bedtime. Right. All that to say, there's lots of methods out there. And I think you have to find what's comfortable for you as the mom and dad, as the parents. And then you can kind of do that, but be do it with flexibility, understanding that maybe in another year we do something a little different. I mean, yeah. I would have loved it if every time I wanted my child to go to sleep, I just laid him down and patted him on the back. But, you know, it didn't usually work that way. Right. And, you mentioned one about letting the child decide the bedtime because right. there's a, and a movement and yeah. there are books and there mm -hmm. are probably apps and websites and a name for it. I don't know what the name would be. Free range. Free, mm -hmm. free range. <laughs> yeah. And so now this is enabling the child to make decisions and, and doing that aspect of mm -hmm. it's a gentleness, but it's saying, you help determine your future. And so they're trying, I think, to equip and have right. the child go on that. Um, I'm trying to think of the pro of it well, would I think, be that. Well, what do y'all think? There's some pros, too, in more time with, you know, if you're, if the parents work. True. There's more yeah, time with true. the family as a unit in the evening. A um, little less strict and structured could be good mm -hmm. in some ways. Okay. 
So okay. what would well, be the know, negatives of free range? Well, I think kids crave structure, whether they know it yes. or not. They like a, a predictable schedule and rhythm. And, and sometimes that's contrary to the parents' personality <laughs> type. Yeah. But it, I, I think kids really do best when things are predictable. Mm-hmm. And they get overtired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they become really miserable. And then everybody's miserable. Because right. I think you have to see the sleep thing in particular has to be something that fits the whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, if if my husband's on one rhythm and I'm on a different and then the baby's on a different one, that puts a lot of stress and tension mm-hmm. on the family. Ellen, when you're saying the children get overtired, I will tell you, that's the time my children didn't want to go to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. They They're get not over- thinking yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what flips inside uh-huh. children yes. and babies. But they don't go to sleep when they're overtired. Yeah, right. So that might be one ne- another negative. Right. Because they're just overstimulated. Yeah. And I, th- I think for me, if it's not the first child, that was often the time I got with my older kids once the baby went right. down. You yes. know, when yeah. I put the baby down a little earlier, maybe an hour or so earlier than the older kids. So, you know, that would segregate a little bit yeah. that way so I could have one-on-one time with my older children. And your spouse. And your spouse. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, you get some time. Or alone. You know. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> get a bath. It's, you know, yes. it's interesting we're talking about this very practical area. Yeah. But it's our philosophy, mm-hmm. you know. And it's loaded with guilt, Cheryl. Wow. You yes. know, I think that that's kind of what we're all saying. If you felt like you didn't find the right way to do it, you felt guilty. Yeah. I'm not a good parent. I can't get my baby to sleep. And mm-hmm. because then... after a while, it's their schedule, not ours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a philosophical thing you kind of have to weigh. You know, um, we had a lifestyle where we needed to have a schedule. Mike sometimes had to get up at 5, 5.30 in the morning. So having a baby up till midnight, you know, even if I was the primary caregiver at that moment, was still very disruptive. Well, and then there's Mm co-sleeping, okay, Mm -hmm. where the baby doesn't have a bed separate from the parents. Right. What do y'all think about it? And I know in uh, non-Western cultures, there's a lot more family togetherness mm-hmm. in sleeping. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes most, they don't have a choice. That's they right. only have one bed yeah. so for everybody. this is people that have a choice. Okay, uh-huh. so let's address that. What about co-sleeping? Did you do that? What would be the pros and the cons of these choices? Well, the pro is it's really convenient. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, with my Last two kids, I did a lot of put them in their bed at the first half of the night, but then when they'd wake up for the night feeding, bring them in bed with me to nurse uh-huh, them right. mm-hmm. and then co-sleep for the rest of the, you know, yep. the night until morning. And that was that was very convenient because they were sure right is. there. Yes. I didn't have to get up to go get them again. And, and, and they did probably sleep a little better because they were warm and cozy with mom. Well, yeah. and going to sleep is very easy because mm-hmm. yes. everybody's cozy and cuddly and... Yeah. Babies do well and young children do right, well. Right. So it's a, a, a tearless, comfortable, easier, connecty, warm, fuzzy. Okay, I'm going to stop you at the comfortable and say yes. that's, oh, that's going to go yes. under the con because yes. there's nothing like waking up with a toddler yes. foot in your eye. No. Yes. <laughs> For them, yes. they find it rather than their own uh, lonely bed, separate and all of that. Or yeah. feeling like you have to protect your child from your husband right. rolling over on yes. your child because yes. he sleeps better than right. you do and... Ellen, tell the story about you lost your baby one time. Oh, in yeah, because we did we did co-sleeping, you know, kind of like you did, Christy, where we tried to start out in the bed. Mm-hmm. So one of our babies, I just finished nursing him, and um, I guess I fell back to sleep, and I woke up, and I couldn't find him. 
And I went into this absolute panic. It's still dark. I'm searching the bottom of the sheets. Uh I'm like, finally, my husband said, it's okay. It's okay. I got him. Oh, my. (laughs) He had taken him out of my arms when I was sound asleep and put Uh him on his chest and Uh was just enjoying him. But I'm in a complete panic because I thought I've lost my baby. Oh, my goodness. That would panic you. And some people and some medical professionals are concerned about the safety of the baby in bed. So if you're considering this, you might want to do your research. Right. And they have some great co-sleepers that pull up right up to the bed now. Yes. You know, yeah. little bassinets that have one side free mm-hmm. and lots of options. That's eventually what we had. So I uh-huh. could just roll over because yeah. we had a water bed. So I could just kind of <laughs> roll over. Swim over and to and the side. The baby. <laughs> That's why the babies went to sleep with us. We had this nice uh, little water bed. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So those are some of the benefits. Yes. What would be some of the negatives or the cons? The us? toddler foot in the eye. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I don't, I mean, I say I slept better. I I got maybe got more sleep, but it wasn't quality sleep right. because I was kind of conscious yes. all night of, you know, who was rolling yes. around and and you're just, you've got a baby there and, you know, not to mention, well, that's probably TMI. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you wake up in a puddle of breast milk and, <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, it's just not good quality yeah. sleep. But if it's the only sleep you can get, then. Or that this is what you prefer. Right. I will say from a number of moms that I've talked to, um, they chose co-sleeping. And most of those were several children in. And so that's kind of when the child quit co-sleeping was when the new baby took over, you know. And um, those that have come to me about it struggling because it's kind of hard to break the habit. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of times it's their youngest who's really gotten up in age, mm-hmm. but they've never had to learn to sleep in their bed. Mm. So one of the negatives or the concerns about it is, is the children don't develop that ability to sleep on their own and the self-soothing right. of going back to sleep. There's no progression in that. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard. And then uh, obviously, if you're married, uh, that brings in another dynamic yes. mm-hmm. of just the two of you being in bed together and everything that goes on in Sorry, a bed. Sorry, honey, don't squish the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so forth. Yes. But some of these are the right. negatives. And uh, I remember I've just a number of moms have come to me about that. How do I kind of get myself out of this trap? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. And one of them, because her daughter was, oh, I don't know. Six, I'm not sure. And so she actually purchased, I don't know what the name of it is, but there are all kinds of things you can purchase mm-hmm, for everything. Mm-hmm. And she purchased a whole scheduled type thing to begin a whole plan for moving oh, your baby out okay. and how to gently teach mm-hmm. them how to self soothe yeah. and move out, even at age five or whatever mm-hmm. she was. So I'm sure there's something on YouTube. Right. Everything's on YouTube, you know, if you're really struggling. Any other negatives that you see in the co-sleeping? Well, I think, you know, bedtime is is a time for mom to just shut her brain off. Yes. And so if you have a child that is actually sleeping, it's a great way to separate a little bit and just restore some of your mental sanity. And it makes you a better mom during the day. So even though it feels like you're being more attentive by having them close to you, 
you might give them better quality care in the day if you're getting that mental break and and doing some self-care that way. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but I can remember with my first one just going into the shower and crying because I was so exhausted. And that's not a good place to be either. But I think, you know, this too shall pass. And so I think we have to realize, you know, eventually they will sleep in their own bed unless you really want them in their bed till they're 12. But most of the time they will go to their own bed as you slowly start doing it. Yeah. So I think what we're saying and then also what the experts say, unless they have an agenda, but most experts say, find what works for you Mm -hmm. and your family, the individual things. And again, it goes back to philosophy. Yes. Where some people say, no, our bed is our domain. Right. And the child has to learn to live in their domain of their bed. That's a philosophy that's different from what a co-sleeper would say. And you want to, as a couple, make sure you're on the same page. Right. I will say that was sort of an issue with some of the, particularly the co-sleeping, more very gentle approach, very child-centered approach. Right. Uh, is the couple wasn't necessarily in agreement on it. Mm. And so that's that very was part important. of the problem. Yes. And so that's a great point that we talk about together. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Or let's be ignorant together, <laughs> right. but let's figure <laughs> yeah, it out find together. Find a plan that everyone's yes. living happily with. Yeah. And I'm telling you, science doesn't offer, this is the one thing that's really best that meets all the needs of the children and the parents and the family and works really well. If you're paying for that, uh, <laughs> someone sold you a bill of goods. Uh-huh. Well, they, I mean, we're all grown adults and some of us are still having trouble, trouble sleeping. Right. <laughs> so I guess it's just a universal problem that happens with the human body. It's true. <laughs> it sure is. But I'm hoping we've given sort of a bigger picture here and some of the practical ideas for those of you that are trying to work your way through getting that baby to sleep. Yes. Okay. So thank you all very much. Okay, so moms, wake up. We have something we want to tell you. (laughs) Remember, hang in there. Keep loving. Keep persevering because it's worth it. As we wind down today's episode, remember that parenting is not a one-size-fits-all journey. And baby sleep is just one part of that adventure. It's shaped by your unique circumstances, parenting style, and this particular baby. There's no universal rule book to follow. We've explored different sleep approaches and discussed their pros and cons and highlighted the importance of flexibility. Remember, what works today might not work tomorrow. The key is finding out what fits your family's rhythms and philosophy. We encourage you to get in touch with us through our website, social media platforms, or by dropping us a line at contact at theparentingpodcast.com. We genuinely value your experiences and questions. I'm so glad you joined us today. Keep an ear out for our next episode where we'll continue providing you with helpful insights and stories of hope that will strengthen your journey through parenthood. TPP is your support for today and in the years ahead.